Welcome to the climb. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need to get ahead. Nobody's going to make it happen for you. Uh, climb, C-L-I-M-B, is an acronym if you haven't figured it out yet. It stands for creating leverage in the music business. How clever are we? With that, I want to introduce you to my co-host and good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love is Brent helps you. He helps songwriters turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find him at manversusrow.com. That's manvsrow.com or the newly rebranded songwritingpro.com. Same, same sites, just two different names. That's right. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound, and they help you find your audience. Not only do they develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base, creating cash flow. Cash flow. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, and Spider-Man. Oh, wait, that's the other Daredevil. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> you can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. Why? Because there's only one Johnny D. They broke the mold, baby. How you doing, Brent? I'm doing all right. I'm doing fine. Well, cool, man. Well, um, gosh, it's uh, we're well into October now. And yep. I wanted to touch on something today that was kind of really in your lane, too. And so I think I'm mm -hmm. going to talk about it. From a producer perspective, and you can weigh in uh, early and often about uh, from a songwriter perspective and what it feels like to be on the other end of that. But I think this is really good information to know. And this this is actually taken from one of my most popular, my second most popular uh, article I ever wrote on the blog, and and also by far the most provocative. Uh, they had the most. Um, responses and they were weighted one way or the other like thank you so much for being honest or you really suck you Mr. Big Producer like you just hate creative and so a lot of people got upset and what, what it was entitled was the 10 worst song demo mistakes mm. 10 worst song demo mistakes and this situation is um, it's a very specific situation, but I don't think it's all that uncommon. And I think that mm -hmm. part of my goal into explaining this is, in breaking this down for everybody that's listening, is to show you that you need to really be aware of, of what's going on inside that control room when a, guy, a producer or a producer and somebody else and the artist sits down and they start listening to songs. And they start mm -hmm. making judgments on what you're doing. Because there are things that you can do to the mistakes that you can eliminate that will stack the deck in your favor that that will give you every possible chance to compete as opposed to turning somebody off right away, especially in a situation like this where we're overworked super exhausted uh, a last minute situation that we had to deal with uh, my co-producer and I that was not our fault and kind of <laughs> dropped in our lap right at the end of the day and we were like holy crap and and still we had to do our job so that's what we did I'm going to go through some of these things you know awesome I, I think that's great because you know 
as songwriters, we just look at it from one side of it, or as artists, we look at it from one side of it, and then it's hard to picture it from the other side of the desk. You know, yeah. who's who's doing the listening? And so I think it's valuable to to get that perspective. I know when I uh, first moved to Nashville, I knew a publisher a little bit, and he had just left a publishing company. He was doing some of his, you know, kind of had his own company that he was just starting. He's like, hey, you want to do a little bit of song plugging for me? I was like, yeah, you know, unpaid, <laughs> but. You know, I, it was really valuable because here he dumped in my lap this catalog that he had to work with from hit songwriters, you know, and pros, people that are where I, you know were where I was aspiring to be. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to be on the song plugger side of it for a, a, just a little bit and listen to all these songs, none of which have been cut yet, but they're all by pros. And st- and how my mind started working. Yep. Be on the other side of the desk going, and now I'm looking for reasons not to play this song for somebody because I'm trying to whittle down. I'm looking for reasons to, you know, yes, I want to play this one. No, I'm not going to play that one because of that and that sort of stuff. And I think that helps my songwriting because I was able to go, okay, you know, what might a song plugger be thinking about this? So I'm looking forward to this because I think it's going to be valuable. And I'll bet it helped your songwriting, but also it helped your business perspective in the sense that you're not where we all go when our song isn't chosen, when we when we have an opportunity and we're not awarded the the trophy. We mm-hmm. feel mortified. You know, we're wounded right. as artists. It's just the, it's just where we go. We all feel some amount of that. And the difference between a professional and non professional is the pro gets that. Okay, it's it just wasn't the right song. It wasn't the the right time it wasn't because it sucked you know like right okay, we're 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 or hopefully i mean that's one of the issues we're going to get <laughs> into but anyway right. so so here's the situation my co-producer and i my ex-business partner uh this was this was a few years back we got the call to produce a record multi-platinum artist and um it was a new york label and it was all um cover songs that we were doing like mm-hmm. this artist was doing some really killer cover songs I mean I, I can say the name of the artist that's been out there forever now it was Colin Ray and he is I mean his voice is just ridiculously good I mean he's oh, so great. you know huge range and so he had all these like eight, late 80s early, late 70s early 80s big rangy love songs and that's what he was going to do and it was fantastic mm-hmm. and so we had set the downbeat was uh, next Monday it's currently Monday the downbeat was a week away from when mm-hmm. everybody's set to go in, we're going to start recording these songs. We've picked them out. We've done our pre-production work. We've got our ducks in a row, you know. And then yeah. we get a call from the label: "Hey, fellas, we want two originals on there. Can you go find us some songs? Do you think we could get any good ballads?" And we we're like, you know, three years ago, which I think this probably would still hold true today. You could chime mm-hmm. in on that, Brent. But nobody's really cutting ballads. Nobody's really spinning ballads. So there's there was all of a sudden I felt like a pretty big backlog of nice ballads that uh, you know, <laughs> didn't go to your normal top tier on the radio right. now artists because the market wasn't there for them. So we thought we could get a hold of some really good ones. Mm-hmm. So um, you get a tip sheet. That's what we do. We send out a tip sheet. That's what it's called. And, and that tip sheet might say on the row, uh, I mean, how would you describe it? Like, you know, uh, it might say like ACDC songs with country lyrics or mm-hmm. it might say ballads needed. And this it'll tell you what the artist <laughs> Rarely. is. Right, <laughs> rarely going to say ballads. Uh, well, that's but, what, but but I mean, I'll tell you yeah, what kind of song case, they want. Right? Yeah. 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 It may say you know a lot of times. Sadly, it just says like great song, hit, up tempo, up tempo positive. You right. Know. It might give you yeah. It might give you some indication as the tone they want. Right. Or Dixie whatever. Chicks makes Dirk Dirk Bentley. 
or something. Go. Yeah. So, you know, so you get some. So the songwriter. So you, as a songwriter, or as a song plugger, or somebody who's going to go try to make a connection with the people who are going to make the decision mm-hmm. on what's going to make the record, they're going to give you some kind of vague, as it may be, blueprint of this is what we're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. And then Correct. it's your job to know the artist and to try to, to to do so accordingly. So this was the situation. So put. Let's go back to the actual timeline of what happened so this is monday so you know monday night we put up the bat signal to all our artist friends hey right. we need songs for colin ray's new record we're going to pick two originals uh we're doing rangy ballads this is what the record is send us send us what you got and of course that you know we did the normal sort of routine of you know disseminating the information mm-hmm. three Days later, so that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like by Friday or by Thursday, I think I had um, 250 songs in my email box. <laughs> okay, that I was yeah. aware of because we're going to talk about that too. And um, and we now we have our work already. We're busy Monday through Friday this week. You know, this right. is not the time that's allotted for Colin Ray, you know, and right. for this record. But now Friday got done in about six o'clock and do the math on this. Okay, what's that? Knock, knock, knock. Who's yeah. at the door? Who is there? That's math. And math <laughs> right. is, is that, but you know, after we went out and grabbed a bite to eat, we came back and we had at 7 p.m. to start listening to 250 songs. And you mm-hmm. may be thinking, well, Johnny, you're the big producer. You should just go ahead and do that, dude. Like, what's you complaining about? What? Well, man, if it's a ballad and you're getting through, we want to get through the first verse, the first pre-chorus, and the first chorus of 250 songs, mm-hmm. that's about a solid minute and a half. If, yeah, if it's ballad, tightly constructed. Okay. Right. At least a minute, but do that times 250, guys. That's six hours, six and a half hours. Like, we're going to be <laughs> right. working well into... The weekend because we had to do it Friday mm-hmm. after we gave everybody a chance to get their stuff in. We had to give everybody a chance to get it to us for the message to get out there for them to go through their catalogs to get back to mm-hmm. us to email them to us for us to go through them. Then we had to whittle it down to uh, say 15 to 18 songs that we were going to present to Colin, the artist, on mm-hmm. Saturday so Colin could say, Yes, these are the two I want to record. And he would have Sunday to learn them and do what he needed to do to be ready right. to come in and sing them on Monday. Okay, that's where we're <laughs> right. at. Like, so it's got to happen. Tonight's the night. It's going to happen. And there's no right. pushing this out, you know? So uh, that's there's your situation. There's your setup. There's the conflict, right? Now we're getting into the story. So 10 mm-hmm. worst song demo mistakes. Number one, long intros suck. <laughs> they suck, okay? If you've got a one-minute intro to a ballad or any freaking song that you're trying to get cut by somebody else... You're not helping me at all from the producer right. situation, from the producer side at all, because I don't give a damn about your intro. I don't care about your artistic expression of mm-hmm. your rendering of this song, because I am going to choose it to do what? To, to recut gonna, it. I'm gonna re- yeah, you're going to recut it. I'm going to do another version of it. So I'm interested mm-hmm. in the lyric, the melody, and the vibe of the song. If you mm-hmm. hand me in the beginning to Long Time by Boston, you know, boom, 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 boom an eight-minute intro, building right. up to the big lyric, I am pulling my hair out because I don't have that kind of time, right? Right, you're already mad at that song I'm before they ever start singing. angry, right? And it's got nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the situation. Right. And you may not be aware of it, you know? Well, you know, there, there's that saying about, you know, don't make me, uh, what's it, uh, don't bore us, get to the course. I, I've added another one. 
Don't make me curse. Get to the verse. <laughs> Don't make me curse. Get to the verse. So That's here's right. here's some here's a way to think about this, man. You know, with a movie director, when a movie director shoots a movie, and they always end with the edits that they want, the way the director sees it, the way the artist wants to present this piece of work, and then it goes to Harvey Weinstein. Right. And right. Harvey sits in a room and starts hacking it to pieces because he knows what the market wants. And that's his job mm-hmm. is to distribute and sell the crap out of that movie. Mm-hmm. And so if you've ever ordered a DVD of, a, of your favorite movie and there's there's the, there's the movie version that you saw when you went to the theater and then there's the director's cut, which is what the artist right. wanted. So you need to think like Harvey Weinstein when it comes to pitching your songs. If you are pitching a song that maybe wasn't recorded for the purposes of being a demo, and mm-hmm. you know you released it on your own CD, so it has your artistic thumbprint on it, uh, mm-hmm. man, just put that little wave file into some kind of little cheap thing and cut off the intro and right. just hand it in at the just so they can get right to the verse and the chorus which is what they want to do period so, it's that simple so let your ep or your record be the director's cut right and then your audience is the producer send them the the theatrical version of it which gets right to it exactly yeah you, you, gotcha. you're, you're you're we're not interested whatsoever in your artistic rendering of that song because we're doing it with another artist and they're going to put their artistic rendering and find the producer would put my artistic thumbprint on it we're just looking at the blueprint of what it is so don't let your artistic way get you know don't let it get in the way of that right right so gotcha. number two crappy or cheap production okay, <laughs> now this is huge i've talked to several producers and everybody seems to be in agreement with 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 me, and that is, I would rather hear a vocal, acoustic vocal, than some poorly put together song demo. It, yeah, it, it's almost it's it's clearer that way. It's you know so mm-hmm. so if you are trying to cut corners and do something more than what you're capable of, right? Like if mm-hmm. you yeah, and you're not a great engineer and you're not a great producer, then man. Just do the acoustic vocal on it, and and yeah. and even then, I would still recommend that you really do the do the. I mean, we talked about this with crickets, with your version of crickets. Mm-hmm. You handed in a killer acoustic vocal, and, mm-hmm. and that particular kind of song worked with um, with that song because I mean it's so strong right. melodically and lyrically. It worked all by itself, and that it's, it worked so well by itself, mind you. Your concern was that they cut it like that, and you thought <laughs> right. if we did a full version of it, maybe they would have cut it like that, and it could have been a single, a right? Single, right? But yeah, I agree. I think um, it's better to have a good, clean guitar vocal or piano vocal than it is to have a bad demo because a bad demo has bad stuff in it, and the bad stuff is distracting, and it it taints the whole sound of it and the whole experience of listening to it. You know, some songs, yeah, need a full demo. Some songs are better served with the guitar vocal but hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons Or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good. Well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Don't. It's better to have something less and better than more and worse. Yeah, if it's crappy guitar tones and and everything's like real tinny or like right off the bat, especially after in this situation, I've been working all week. I've been listening to music mm-hmm. all week, doing my job all day, and now I know I got six hours ahead of me. And this crappy sounding demo comes up, and I'm like, mm-hmm. my head size. I'm like, oh god, and I just hate it. I hate it before well, the song even starts. Well, and and you start thinking. This person is not a professional. Yes. Because pros don't send in this stuff. So you're automatically making judgments on the quality of the what what you think the writing is going to be based on the audio quality before they even start singing. And so then you have, you're, they're starting off in the hole. Yeah. And they're also starting off in the hole because the last demo you listened to is probably sounds great. Yes. And here, this thing comes in like a rickety Model T. You know, just trying to make it down the street. And yeah, like, like yeah, this is not going to be good. Like I work for and NASCAR. They, they work that much harder to overcome that. Exactly. Like like if I work for NASCAR and and I, I run the track and you're trying to convince me that you should get this rusted out baby blue Dodge Dart from 1968 <laughs> on the track to compete with all these other cars mm-hmm. that are, you know, sorry, I don't care how good of a driver you are. It, it's going to you're going to yeah. be judged. Or what's or what's under the hood. Yeah, I ain't looking. Yeah, you're right. you're going to be judged, man. So so you know what I and. and Man, I, on another note on this too, I've had so many guys call up or, or songwriters of guys and girls, you know, hey Johnny, I found this place uh, that could do my song for four hundred bucks. Going to do my song demo. Well, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a crappy demo at that point, you know, because a hundred bucks of that I guarantee is going to the singer. And then there's mm-hmm. one guy who just happens to be really talented. Maybe he was so-and-so's guitar player or so-and-so's drummer. And those tracks, I promise you're going to be great, but he's also doing everything else. The drums, the you know, the bass, the, the keyboards, mm-hmm. the, the fiddle, all that. And they're not going to be that great. Or they're going to be cheap and digital. And, and it's just for that amount of money, you're not going to put that much time into it. And mm-hmm. you're doing yourself a disservice. And I, I promise you, the producers in town can tell right away. Like probably not that not only that one guy did it, but which guy did it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> not for nothing, you know what I mean. So right. it's worth the money to get the demo done right and and give which, yourself a chance to compete with everybody else. You know, which you know doesn't mean just because it's expensive that it's going to be good, but you know, it, yeah, you don't want to be what penny wise and pound foolish. They say you know like yeah, well yeah, I saved two hundred bucks on the demo, which means I'm going to make zero on the song probably well then you just wasted the money you did spend and not only that but i'll tell you that uh, more than half of the people that have at least shared with me this experience have gone back and and had to recut this that and the other thing and then remix and redo this and i'm like how much did your 400 hundred dollar demo cost you know they're like 
for a thousand bucks. I'm like, well, you're right there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, congrats. You know, you could have had a lot nicer experience the first time if you just. Right. You know, but that's the first thing. So, number three. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a two parter. Um, number three, wrong song. Okay, read the TIFF sheet or listen to the instructions on what the project is requiring. If the producer asks for up-tempo party songs, don't send ballads. The tip sheet has an artist with a limited vocal range. Don't send huge songs with big vocal range, no matter how good they are. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They're, 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 they're not going to give that to their artist to sing and try to get them to stretch out or anything, you know? <laughs> um, right. Who's going to sing them? So, uh, in other words, like I, this happened to me a lot in this situation, by the way. I told you I actually had 250 emails. It was more than 250 songs because there was a couple, there's two or three people that I can remember that sent me every freaking song they ever wrote, or at least every song that they've ever demoed, mm-hmm. as an opportunity. Oh, oh, here it is! Like, listen to all this stuff, and none right. of it was appropriate for the for the job that we wanted. Right. It's not like buying lottery tickets, where the more you buy, that your odds go up. It's not like that. Exactly. I mean, would you do that? I mean, what, like, what, you, you, you're paying attention to the artist and the tone, and and uh, right, and and making sure that you know. You're trying to match what you have in your catalog with what you're at least what your understanding is of that project that you're, you're trying exactly. to get halfway. You know, I don't I don't want to waste the producer or a and R person's time because then they're less likely to give me more of their time in the future. Yeah, I'm tell you what. I mean, I can't remember who they they are now, but if I did a bit, no, I don't want to talk to them anymore. You know, because yeah. they're not they're not listening to me. Right. Right. This is what I need for this artist. It's this very specific artist. He's got a very specific tone, a very specific image. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need a very specific kind of song. And you're sending me, you know, whiskey songs. Right. Up-tempo whiskey songs. I don't need that, you know. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, and if you do, you know, open their email, that's going to be the last one you open. You're like, I'll get to that later. Because exactly. I'm already feeling like the odds are going down. And plus, like an artist like Colin Ray is not exactly an unknown quantity. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you can find out about he, him. Yeah, He's got a greatest hits record, okay? <laughs> Which he earned with hits, actually That's full it. of hits. Right. And so if you don't know what he does, shame on you. Yeah. Do your homework. You, you're yeah. not playing a student of the game. Don't play stupid on this one. Don't pretend like you didn't know because then that makes it worse, you know? That's right. like, but doctor, uh, you know, why is my husband dead? Well... We perform brains, brain surgery. We just need to operate on his foot. Well, I didn't know. Like, like no, that yeah. doesn't work, man. No, that's not okay. You know, that's not okay. <laughs> so, uh, number four, vague number four. or missing email subject lines. Mm. Okay. I had, I get a regular lot of many emails that's already overwhelming. And mm. then I had 250 extra. Um, I'd be willing to bet, and I still wouldn't really know for sure, that there were some songs that I missed because they didn't say Colin Ray project because people knew mm. what it was, you know? Yeah. And, and you don't have time to just check your email. You're not checking your email. You're looking for those songs because you got to do that right now and move on. Exactly. Like, and I got to move them to a folder so I can get them all together mm-hmm. and then organize them and then get ready to go through them, you know? And I'm not checking every single, I wonder if, you know, this song that's like blue skies are amazing. Cause that was the name of the song. Uh, right. you know, I wonder if that's what that was about or oh, is that, or is that, that a again. sales pitch, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or what were you yeah. going to say? The- so uh, I said, or it's a gif or like, you know, yeah. catch jumping. No, that's the name of the song. I thought it was going to be another gif of a cat jumping. But yeah, so what kind of stuff should be in the email subject line? What do you want to see, which is going to make it easy on you to go? That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm going to listen to. Man, I, most of the people that I did, the, the, most of the emails I got were, you know, 
all capital letters, Colin Wave Project, two songs or one song or whatever. And then, you know, mm-hmm. that was in capital letters. And then small letters would be the name of the writer. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and but they just wanted to make sure that I was instantly aware of what this email was for because they knew I had a deadline. You know, I needed them. Yeah. We, we, we told people, I told, because I called you on that, remember? And mm-hmm. I was like, I need them by Thursday, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need them by so Thursday. And that through. gave people an extra 12 hours time mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to right and i remember going through my catalog and trying to find something i thought would fit colin ray i wasn't just, i wasn't just going okay here are my best songs it was like what's going to fit colin that's right there you go because those can be two different things that's right but so. yeah when my personal when i send stuff off to pitch i usually say like in this case probably what i said on ears was like song for colin or song for colin ray title in quotes then in parentheses you know last names of the writers Yep. That's usually my standard thing. You know, artist, song title, writers. And I'd send only one song per email. That way it's easier for them to segregate it, move it where they want it to. If they like one, don't like the other one, they don't have to keep them both or whatever. Exactly. And plus I put the writer's names on there because especially if I have some good co-writers on there, it may make them go, ooh, let's listen to that first. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Brent and, uh, you know, Brent and Craig Wiseman are here. Ooh. Oh, that's, ooh, that'd be <laughs> that's great. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> If Let's, Craig would proud with me, it'd be great. <laughs> you anyway, hear that, Craig? You hear but, that? Hear that? Hear that? Yeah. All right, so number five, and this will be the last one for this episode. Uh, you mm-hmm. didn't research the artist before sending the songs. We touched on this a little bit before, but in mm-hmm. the case of Colin Ray, I mean, how would you, as a writer, describe Colin Ray's tone, image, presence, artistry? Based on what he's, what I'm familiar with, right, which mm-hmm. is where you go, and you maybe try to project some in the future. But based on the stuff that I have CDs sitting over there, it's yeah, rangy, ballad heavy. Um, it's pretty clean, you know. So he's not doing a bunch of drinking, a lot of cheating. Yeah. It's you know, it's sincere. It can be sensitive. He can have hard on the sleeve kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, you know, he, I mean, he's covered open arms, you know, from Journey. So mm-hmm. you can kind of go there, you know, like the big rock ballad thing. But, uh, you know, his songs like I Think About You, Little Rock, um, some of those songs, um, I'm trying to think of some of the others. But See, like with Little Rock, you like a, to them, to, to, have, have some heart, have some deeper message, yeah. some of that stuff to it. So he has some meat in there, uh, you know, one boy, one girl. Yep. Some of that stuff. So you know, he's he's not all light and fluff. Some of his stuff is fun and light. You know, Little Red Rodeo. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm. But then don't, don't be afraid to go go deep and go big ballad rangy. Yeah, I mean, uh, love me like that's huge. Oh. Um, Kill. Yeah. And and you know, he's 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 actually got zero cheating songs and zero drinking songs. The only thing that would come close to that would probably be Little Rock, but that's a song of redemption. Uh, yeah, he's song not of, I'm over I'm not drinking anymore. Anymore. I'm right. moving forward, you know. So for for him, for Colin, I mean, he's a he's a deeply um he, he's a, a devout Catholic, you know. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very religious and and uh and a, that's just who he is. Like he just is like that. That's his life, you know? Like like it's yeah. very like that's very much Colin. So yeah, I'm I'm I got cheating songs, drinking songs, like <laughs> right. gambling songs, you know? Like, yeah. like this is not this he's not an outlaw. Like he's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's not that guy, you know? So right. uh, you could give me the biggest hit in the world, you know? Like I mean the biggest you could, you know, uh, you could give me the male version of Before She Cheats or whatever, and it would, like, hey, great yeah. song, but wh- why did you waste? I can't get this minute and half of my life back now, you know, because exactly. yeah. this is not what I need for the project. So, 
Anyway, that's the first five. Just to recap, I mean, real quick, guys, long intros suck on, on demos. You, If you're trying to get a, a pitch, do edit your recording to get exactly to the lyric, the melody, and the vibe of the song. That's what we want. And if you can make that happen in a... Um, in an acoustic vocal, God bless, do it. Sometimes the, the, the lyric is strong enough and the melody is strong enough just to stand all on its own. And sometimes there's a dance song or something, you're really going to need a beat, so you're going to need a good demo, which is brings us to number two. Don't do chap, crappy or cheap production on it, okay? And I, you know, I get a lot of heat on that. People are mm-hmm. just like, well, you're the producer. You're supposed to see through cr- cheap, crappy production and, 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 and know a good song when you hear it. Well, right. at two o'clock in the freaking morning, when I've been working for 18 hours and I got no mm-hmm. choice but to get this done tonight because I got a meeting in eight hours <laughs> right. you know, with the artist and I got to come up with 15 songs. Like, I'm, you, you will be judged. I mean, you, you have to understand this. Like, it, it, when, when, I, when I turned 16 years old on my 16th birthday, July 2nd, I got my driver's license. I was my, mm-hmm. with my dad knocking on the door at 9 a.m. at the DMV. <laughs> open up. Uh, give, me, give me my freedom right now, yeah. you know. And exactly two weeks later, I got my first ticket. <laughs> and I remember uh, walking out the door on the day that I had to go to court. And my dad was there. He knew what I was up to and I had on a pair of ripped jeans and an ACDC t-shirt and he's like where mm. are you going I'm like I'm going to court you know I gotta go do whatever for this ticket he's like dressed like, like that on staying there. <laughs> yeah. he's like dressed like that you are and I'm like nah yeah and he's like no you're not go back and put a suit on I'm like <laughs> like after that I'm going to hang out with some buddies and then he's like go put a suit on you know he was a marine and it came with a bunch of expletives and uh, something right, about his yeah. foot up my butt and and I'm like he's a judge he's supposed to not be partial you know and and he's like yeah. no he's not a judge he's a human and mm-hmm. you and, and you're going to be judged you know I mean how do you know maybe his kid was at an ACDC concert and got in a lot of trouble and ruined his life forever so you don't know what the hell's going on with that go put a suit right. on and show some respect for the court period right so show a little respect for the court like you brought up something great i mean you know i immediately if you're if you don't believe in enough in your songs to invest in a really good recording then why should i believe enough in it that's the first thing that goes through my head right well second thing that goes through my head right after oh my god i gotta suffer through this like it sounds like crap and 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 (laughs) sandwiched up against two songs that have awesome production you're not looking good you know you're not no it's you know what they say yeah you're a producer you should hear through that you know what but also if you want to be a pro songwriter you should make it easy on me yeah it should make it easy for me to hear it to hit as easy as you can. That may only be a guitar vocal. Another really maybe- good point is, you know, if you're Brent Baxter or Craig Wiseman or, or a hit songwriter in town with a track record that people know your name, um, you could save a lot of money or your publishing company could save a lot of money by just not ever doing really good demos because it costs the publishing companies money, too. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they could, think about how much money they could save on all their top writers if they just never did good demos. Right. Why don't they do that? <laughs> because if they don't, the other guys will. That's right. And they it's like the arms compete. race. Yeah, exactly. Man. So mm-hmm. uh, number three was wrong song. Make sure that you're, you know, if we need up tempo, uh, if we need a ballad, if we need uh, something that's clean, if we need whiskey songs, I mean, make sure that you know what kind of song they need to hand that in. Four vague or missing, missing email subject lines. If you put your song title in the subject line how the hell am i supposed to know what that is as a producer i don't Mm. know what i do know is i'm looking for songs for colin ray in this instance and i'm going to need that or and Mm -hmm. i or you know so make sure that that's 
hey, this is for that, dummy. Like, <laughs> because right, I'm, I'm exactly. overworked. Make and I'm it easy. Exhausted. Make it easy on me so I can pick it out and put it over here. And then we're going to put it in mm-hmm. that pool and listen to it, you know. Uh, and then finally, for the first half of these, was uh, do some research on the artist. Is it an outlaw artist? Is it a, in Colin Ray's case, he, he's very, uh, it's very deep, meaningful, big, rangy kind of stuff. It's not trite for the most part. I mean, like, he does have some fun, fluffy mm-hmm. stuff, but it's not, um, you know, it's not going to be anything that's that's whiskey or gambling or cheating or anything like that. He just doesn't do that. So handing me those songs or handing the producer those songs is wasting their time. So that yep. brings us to the uh, to the end of this episode. We're running a little bit long. Um, we want you to win, guys. And um, as always, for for my my free book, man, you can you can get it at um, giftfromjohnny.com. It's a free Twitter book. It's a best-selling Twitter book. We give it to you for nothing, just for, for listening. If you don't have it already, it'll teach you how to use Twitter, how to get a 1,000 targeted followers for you as an artist in just 15 minutes of work a day, so it's really easy, okay? And um, that brings us to the end of this episode here. We want you to keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.